When it comes to independent wrestling and the deathmatch scene, one company is on the rise, and that is Ruthless Pro Wrestling. Featuring today's hottest talent, like Justin Kyle, Dale Patricks, The Rejects, Mickey Knuckles, Hoodfoot Mo Atlas, and more. Check out all of our events on IWTV. Find all of our social media and our RPW merch now at RuthlessPro.com. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. It is the man known as the Stiff Robo Ginger. It is the one and only Gary J. How are you today, sir? I am doing terrific. I just had a badass shepherd's pie for dinner, and now I'm talking to you. Oh, that is a delightful dinner. And you know what? Shepherd's pie underrated as a breakfast also. It's uh, 9 a.m. here, and I would gladly eat one if it was available. <laughs> really? Oh, I'll have to consider that. Yeah, my uh, my beautiful girlfriend made it. Thank oh. you very much to her. She made it for dinner, and it was amazing. Yeah, well, just think about all the ingredients, a bit of tomato sauce or ketchup, as you guys would call it, on top. It still works. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's a food I would eat 24 hours a day. So, yeah, breakfast, exactly. lunch, or dinner. Yeah, I'm also a firm believer that if you put an egg on anything, it becomes breakfast. And I haven't done that with a shepherd's pie, but I feel like you couldn't go wrong with that solution either. Oh, that's an interesting kind of... That's <laughs> literally, <a whole> new <laughs> literally anything. I just put an egg on and go, now this is a breakfast. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I'm what, to do, what are you doing with that pizza? It's a breakfast. I put an egg on it. Hey, yeah, breakfast pizza. If you've ever had it, works well. Bacon, eggs, bit of cheese. It's great. Oh, are you are you a uh, scrambled eggs kind of guy? Uh, I I go a scrambled egg, but I'm also a fried egg type guy. I like sunny side up. Oh, I'm, I'm all about scrambled eggs. I love yeah. scrambled eggs with a little hot sauce. Oh, there you go. A bit of sriracha. There you go. Uh, actually, I have my own hot sauce coming out called God Damn It, Gary. It's coming out eventually soon. We're working on it now. But, yeah, I have my own uh, samples of that I've been using. Really? That's very yeah. interesting. Everyone's going to have to keep an eye out to get that. Get That That sounds awesome. And thanks for everybody for tuning into the Spicy Egg Cast with Gary and Ray. Uh, but thanks for your time this morning, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, not a problem at all. That's to me and everybody listening. <laughs> Excellent. So, man, when I, I do this, I, I really just kind of have one question that gets all started. I, I like to just ask people, like, when they think back to when they first got into professional wrestling, what were some of the, like, faces and characters that stood out to them about the business, you know, that started to spark your love for it? Uh, man, that's a loaded question. But I know. Like, it's... it's <laughs> It's very simple with me. It had to have been when I was probably like, I don't know, 10 or 11 yeah. or 12. Don't know the age. I get hit a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but, like, honestly, like, I remember just turning on, you know, WWF at the time and watching Saturday mornings mm -hmm. and seeing Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Watching him, his promos, and just how colorful he was. I was like, this is insane. Mm -hmm. And, obviously, I start watching more. And, like, you wouldn't believe who my first favorite wrestler was. Only certain people know this. It's Diesel. I love Diesel. <laughs> I was talking about oh, this on a French podcast recently. I loved him. 
I love Diesel. Yeah. I mean, obviously Kevin Nash, but yeah. like I didn't know who Kevin Nash was no, back then. It was no. Diesel. Yeah. Like his title run in like '95 before he lost it to uh, who did he lose it to? Uh, did he the- lose it to Sid or did he? No, he beat Sid for it, right? No, he beat Bob Backlund at Madison Square Garden for it. That's it was right. in like it like it was in like twenty seconds. Seconds, it was like a yeah. record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid, like squash matches and stuff weren't a thing, right? Because you just like like seeing big dudes kill stuff. So I used to love dudes like Ultimate Warrior and Diesel. People that are like, I don't know if the work rate was there today. I'm like, let's go! <laughs> like, oh, it's know? awesome! Like, yeah. well, and that's the thing. Like, I I think Diesel's work is great. Ultimate Warriors, obviously, like it was what it was. But like, Diesel knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. and obviously. As you know now, Kevin Nash is a fucking genius when it comes to the business. Oh, he lost the title to Bret Hart at Survivor Series. Bret Hart, yeah, yeah, yeah. There yep. you go. But his his run, man, like he he carried that company for a while, like sort of through kind of some dark days. You know what I mean? Where they were like do, not doing great numbers and stuff, and they just like put it on Diesel's back and had him had him roll through, right? As they say, put it in some diesel power. <laughs> no joke. I can't believe I'm talking about diesel twice in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, like the fact that his entrance used to be like that big Mack truck and it hit the fucking glass and then yeah. he'd come out. It was so cool. Yeah, yeah. On this other podcast, Smart Foundation, shout out to Curtis and Shane. Uh, Shane, we we did a review of the classic uh, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold WrestleMania 13, you know, double turn match. And... um. In it, we were talking about Diesel because both Curtis and I love him and Shane hates him. And uh, I played the song and it was the first time I'd heard it like since I was a kid, I guess. And I was like, man, this brings back memories. I used to love him. Oh, obviously. But like Diesel's my first favorite, but like my favorite of all time and someone who always will stick out, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Okay. He yeah. is the best yeah. there is, was, ever will be. Mm-hmm. That dude, as people would say, or the, ki- the kids nowadays on Twitter say, the GOAT. You know, yeah, it would be like a half or a goat or whatever. Yeah. But like uh Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, uh you always gotta remember Duke to Dumpster Drossy. <laughs> I bet you, like, as a kid, like, people think of, like, Duke the Dumpster Drossy as, like, a joke. But as a kid, you're like, bin men are cool as fuck. They come around on the truck. They're like, you know. Yeah, exactly. It was the coolest thing ever. Things were so different in the 90s, especially those early, like, you know, 95, 96. Things were so different. Mm -hmm. And, like, wrestling back then was a lot different than now. It's evolved, obviously, and things are different. But, like, characters back then were, were... WWE, the new generation, that's where it was at. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And I used to love, like, all the, like, power and paint guys. You know what I mean? So, like, I mentioned Ultimate Warrior, but, like, Legion of Doom, the, you know, uh, what are they called? I'm fucking mind-blanking. Uh, Crush and Smash, Jesus. Oh, my, 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 uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm completely <laughs> mind-blanking on their name. What's their tag name, name? Well, did they have a tag name? Demolition. Or, or like, Demolition. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I was like, I didn't say because for some reason I thought you were talking about Chronic in WCW, but that's everything. No, I don't. I don't think I know enough. I didn't. Uh, when I was younger, like we didn't have WCW at all, so I kind of didn't really you, become aware of it until like fucking like like until like the Attitude Era was like really up there, you know. Yeah, you're not missing much. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hearing that. Everyone says you should go back, but I, yeah, I've had no time, and then the network changed, and I can't be bothered. Um, so sure. when. Uh, when you're like liking Diesel or whatever, you talk about Sean being like a favorite of all time. Now, 
he was obviously paired with Sean. Were you liking Sean then, or were you kind of like one of those kids that was like, Diesel's way cooler, I can't wait until sort of like he gets away from this Rapscally and Sean Michaels kind of thing? No, I, I loved them as a group. Loved them both. Edge, yeah. Loved them. Like me, me and uh, Aaron always take our promo pictures as Sean and Diesel, like because we both love them. And awesome. it's funny because like I love those guys to death, and like I love their work, and you know I was a huge fan, but they're not the reason I started wrestling. Mick Foley, as in like Mankind, is the reason I started wrestling. Right. Okay. So so explain explain that to me. Is he is he the generous where you start to see him, and and that makes you think it's something that you could do. Kind of, especially, you know, I started getting a little older. Like, I started actually in-ring training when I was, like, 15 or 16. Yeah. So, like, and I'm, what am I? I'm 36 now, so that's a long time. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Mankind just struck differently. It would hit Cactus Jack, and you find out all his, his history and lineage, and, like, then you're like, oh, what's this ECW? Yeah. My mind gets blown. This is fucking insane. Like, New Jack's dropping people off scaffolds and stuff. I know, you know? it's like, insane, right? <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? There's no clowns running around. You know? It, it, like, it's insane, like, the evolution of, like, me as a fan. Like, new generation, attitude air. Wait a second. ECW? Yeah. Huh? And then I started ordering those pay-per-views, like, right the last year and a half or two. They were mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. So once they went out of business, I had to like eventually find the back catalog of all the VHSs, which I own. And then now the network's a thing. So it's like, oh, those VHSs just sit there and I'm a hoarder of them, but it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually recently rescued like, I don't know, six boxes of wrestling VHS tapes, say. Eh? There's like a, a fan group or something on Facebook that I'm not a part of. And somebody was like, I have all these VHS tapes uh, that a friend collected or whatever. He didn't need them anymore, but I didn't want them to go in the bin. I thought I'd yell out to see if anybody wanted. It's like all old school WCW stuff, Japan stuff, all these things. Does anybody want it? And my friend was like, do you want to go get this? And I was like, yeah, tell him to do it. So I went and picked it all up. I haven't. I don't even think I've got a VHS player to make them thing, but I was like, I need to save them. I can't just let them go <laughs> to the bin. Exactly. It, it's, it's like your favorite hoodie or your favorite hat, you're like, I know it's garbage and it's got holes and it's dirty, but I'm never going to let it go. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. like, I'll get it. Maybe I can get a VHS player and watch some legendary stuff at some point. There might be some gold exactly. in there. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I'm sure there is. Like, people, like, get rid of so much random stuff. That's why I'm like, I can't. Because I used to uh, I used to tape every Raw, every SmackDown, and every wow. ECW on TNN. And then I used to VHS videotape probably illegally. That's what pirating is. Mm-hmm. I used to record it all. Yeah. Before, like, a DVD or, or DVR was a thing, I would hit record on my VHS player, yeah. and I would record these. Yeah. And then, of course, I'd watch them religiously, and now, legitimately, I have, like, 350 to 400 VHS tapes that are just doing nothing. <laughs> you probably, do you even have a way to play them? Like, do you even have a machine? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I have a couple of VHS players. I just don't know where they are. Like, yeah. I have them. I, I just don't. Yeah, I got to find one. That's what I need to do, like to be able to do it. But then, even if I found one, I'm not even sure if the connectors would go into like a modern TV. I feel like I've been tapping on the back of it with oh, a wire, loose wire or something. I've never really thought of that. Like for a while, I had one of the uh, VHS players that were built into the small TV, yeah, so yeah, I would yeah, just yeah. pop it in there. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, now it's 2022. Yeah, I got it right. I, I almost said 21. Oh, I don't <laughs> 2022, like. 
I don't. I think DVDs aren't really a thing anymore either. They're not. You know, like everybody just streams everything now. Like we, when we moved into this apartment, we, my wife had like a prolific DVD collection, like in her yeah. room, like in her previous house, like every surface was like DVD racks, like in her bedroom. And when we before we moved here, we're like, we are not taking all of these things that we have never played in years, like to the new house. And we just had like this massive, massive like garage sale on our front uh, front lawn. We had this big driveway with a loop so people could just drive in and we were just selling them like a dollar a piece, $2 a piece or a beer. And people were just rolling in, like giving us a can of beer and taking five DVDs and stuff. Like that is just awesome. Just getting out of there. We just drank for like an entire weekend and we're just like giving away all our stuff like to, to make it. That is wild, but I'm going to do that next time. I Instead of a yard sale, I'm going to be like, hey, listen, a couple bucks or some beer. Yeah, that is exactly. genius. Bring a can, right bring now. a thing. It works. Because people have already got it in their fridge and they're like, oh, this is fine. I sold like an yep. entire base rig. Like I had like this old base amp. It probably was worth quite a lot. But I just put it like online on the local selling group, like free for one carton of beer if you bring it right now. Because we were drinking and we were almost out of beer. <laughs> Within like 15 <laughs> minutes, there's a dude like, yep. And you're like, see ya. <laughs> It's DoorDash, but with beer. Yeah, basically. That's how it worked. Um, It's funny that you talk about the pirating of the VHS. My my grandfather, like, was a prolific pirate, like, of VHS tapes. Like, he was doing the two machines. He'd rent them from, like, the local video store and stuff, and he just had a library, everything in alphabetical order. It was, like, ridiculous. Hell yeah. He I mean, like go to jail. Early, early tape trading, really. Basically, yeah, yeah except for he would, was essentially just stealing them, really. <laughs> old maniac, really. <laughs> well, that's it. So so you mentioned uh, Mankind or, or Mick Foley being the reason why you wanted to start wrestling. So how old are you when you're watching that ECW stuff, and how does that like make you want to trans- transfer into, like, maybe I could train and maybe I could do this? I'm like a – I don't know. I'm probably like – 14 15 or 16 during the ecw like then like i remember i got the uh the three faces of foley vhs tape that wwe released Mm -hmm. and i probably watched that like every day yeah and then like one of the the big things in that uh vhs is him jumping off his roof yes and i remember like so then i got some mattresses and a ladder and just started jumping off a ladder onto some mattresses in my side yard in the trail park and like then I realized, I'm like, oh, like, clearly this is not it, how you do it. <laughs> so I eventually, like, meet the right people and then start getting terrible training. And then here I am today. <laughs> <laughs> All that terrible training paid off and, and here we are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're being stubborn and going, I guess this is it. I mean, just like any wrestler, you, you talk to them, they're like the early years and their first trainings are unless you have a lot of money to spend, which I didn't, mm. it's not good. You're like, oh, okay, uh, this guy trained trained me in one day. I don't know if this is how that works, yeah. but all right. Okay. And then then what do you just start, like, trying to get on shows? Like, yeah, I was trained, blah, 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 and just figuring it out? Um, I was kind of lucky. Uh, I was initially trained in – we were going to start a promotion called XWA. Mm-hmm. Extreme Wrestling Alliance had their first show in 2003 – and they had their last show, that same show in 2003. <laughs> uh, so then, like, Jordan Lacey, who was a St. Louis guy, mm-hmm. eventually uh, we met Nick Tyson and Adam Raw. 
they start training us, and then they pretty much take over XWA and it becomes Lethal Wrestling Alliance. Mm-hmm. And I'm training two or three times a week yeah, wow. in like nine, nine to ten hours every Saturday at this point. Oh, wow. Okay. So then it kind of just evolves into that. And then for the first couple of years, I was just working for the LWA. I was Gary the Barn Owl. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was just a dude that thought he was a Barn Owl. He didn't talk. I was very <laughs> similar to a, like, a delirious character. Yeah, okay. Another yeah, okay. So, like. So it was kind of similar to that, except, you know, I didn't have the cool gear or really know what I was doing like Delirious. Mm-hmm. I was just this young kid that dyed his hair black and wore, like, cut-off jeans and hooted until I really found what the character was. Yeah. So then, like, that really just the evolution starts there and then it keeps going. And obviously now I'm still rolling at the age of 36 years. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So. It, it, it's funny, like, a lot of people seem to have that story, like I was sort of given this thing and sort of made to be a thing. And then just over time, it just slowly evolves and through time and wrestling and conversations and stuff, it just changes and becomes like what you are today, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean like, like, and I tell all the young guys now, cause I'm the old guy now, you know, like yeah. gotta get your reps in man. Like I used to like, when I finally started traveling like five or six years into mm-hmm. my career, I would go everywhere. Good, bad, ugly, terrible. Moral, terrible places I've ever experienced in my life. I hated it. It was misery, but I experienced it, and I learned so much from working shit bags or shit feds, as I call yes. them, mm-hmm. because you need to learn before you get anywhere else. Absolutely. And, like, you're dealing with those bad situations in front of a live audience a lot of time, be it three people or, you know, a 100 people, and so you're kind of – getting those reps in and improv and to how to make things work and save a match and do all that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, that it's so important. Like professional wrestling is many things, but like people forget like how much of an improv it is. It's like clearly not everything always goes according to plan. And you got to tell these younger guys that like, it's okay. Relax, breathe. Like not everything's going to go ABC. Like you think it's gonna Mm -hmm. like shit happens. There's no way of controlling it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You don't like, you have a pretty good idea of how a crowd is going to react to things and blah, blah, blah. But depending on how it goes, it may not be like, oh, it was all this way. They they may go a completely other way. And then you've got to roll with the punches if you want to, you know, keep them and have a successful match that people enjoy. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, obviously, like, there's a lot of people nowadays that wrestle selfishly for themselves because they want to pop themselves or get their Twitter clout bullshit or pop the boys. But that's not going to pay your bills. Yeah. You got to get over the audience. Mm-hmm. That's how you can pay your bills. Yeah, one hundred percent. Was Gary the Barn Owl ever over? People like hooting with him and stuff. Were they loving it? Or, were, or were yeah, you, was yeah, definitely. And I hated it. I, I hated every fucking second of it because I, like, <laughs> I want to be like I want to be Jeff Hardy. I want to be yeah. cool. You know, give me a fucking mesh that's sleeve it. now. <laughs> yeah, right now, or I, I will walk. Yeah, Gary the Barnell got super over. Yeah, yeah, I ended up loving it because it was super fun and it was silly, and yeah. I got to like be creative. Because when I was given the gimmick, I was a terrible wrestler because I had just started. So yeah. they gave me a gimmick to to like, all right, learn the gimmick first, and then the wrestling yeah. will come second. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it works. Yeah, and it's funny. A lot of people would be like, and probably your mindset when you first started was like, oh, this is shit. They've made me an owl. I don't want to do this. But in reality, they were helping you because they give you this thing to sort of embrace and roll with and make your own. And you're going to 
and that's part of it. You're not supposed to kind of super like it when you start, right? But then you're going to try and evolve it and change it because you want it to be different, and that is wrestling, I guess. Like, you know, it's kind of smart. And the way I look at it is, like, if I ever go to a huge company, let's say NXT signs fucking Gary J, Mm -hmm. boom, dotted line, unsigned, and, oh, not anymore, I'm I'm signed. You know, like, they sign me. They're not going to automatically, all right, well, Gary J, you go ahead and you be Gary J out there. Rare occasion. They're going to be like, the bar now returns, NXT 2.0, get ready, the vignettes start to air, like owls flapping through. (laughs) That would be amazing. But you'd be about it. Oh, I love it. I'd be like a kid in a candy store. I kind of want to see it now. (laughs) I want to see it. I'm imagining the entrance, you coming from the sky like Shawn Michaels, like the wings, like like Hudson Hawk. Well, first of all, if I got to go to work every day and then Shawn Michaels is my teacher, I've won. I won. The Mm. end. (laughs) You know? But yeah, Gary the Barn Owl 2.0, I'm going to tweet that later. That's a thing. That's it. Let's get that hashtag going. That's awesome. Exactly. Hashtag is to be you and Aaron when he sees this. <laughs> I love it. Now that would be awesome. And yeah, that's so interesting, man. Like, and then, yeah. Uh, how does then Gary, uh, the barn out sort of evolve into where you are now? Is that just a progression through like, I know you had like a really intense and sort of storied rivalry with uh, Jake Parnell, who became Warhorse. Like, is that the kind of thing that naturally happens? Like, Barnell character ends up in sort of like an intense feud and naturally sort of straightens up, I, I guess? Like, or was it like you wanted to actively change it, you know? Um, well, when I first started in 2003, 2004, Gary the Barnell was just wrestling for Lethal Wrestling Alliance. Mm-hmm. That was my home promotion, yeah. which Lethal, Lethal Wrestling Alliance eventually turns into St. Louis Anarchy. Ah, where you still today. Yeah, exactly. It was my home. Yeah. So, like, so like, there, obviously, there's a lot in between, but we don't have enough days of the week to talk about all that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, eventually, Gary the Barn Owl has to evolve into something. Like, you know, like, okay, he's been a bird, a barn owl for a couple of years. He knows what he's doing uh, enough now. And, like, you got to let him fly. No pun intended. <laughs> So I would go, I would, and other promotions though, they obviously Gary the Barn Owl, stupid, it's dumb, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then I was like, well, I guess I'll be Gary J. My middle name is James, mm-hmm. Breaking K Fave. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll go with J, Gary J, mm-hmm. JY. That's my name. I'll come out to a Marilyn Manson song because I want to be a punk rock kid and I'm tough. Yeah. And that's what I really wanted to do. Yeah. I kind of got away from the Barn Owl, but I was having fun doing it. But like, they're going to let me be Gary J and I'm, I'm tough. Now Jeff Hardy 2.9 comes out. Yeah, here know? we go. That's it. Cargo exactly. pants, ready to go. Oh, mismatch yeah. shoes, the whole deal. Yeah, oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got the like, dye yeah. in the hair? You got long hair or at this point? Or uh, I started growing my hair out, and it was, I think I jet black at the time. Yeah. Stupid. Okay. It's going to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but, uh, oh, yeah, it's going to work. I'm going to get signed. They're going <laughs> to This is me. it. This is it. Uh, yeah. Yep. T- Gary the Barn on 2.0. Here he comes. Here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, team him up with uh, other promoters didn't like the, the, the outlandish name and the, and the yeah. character. They thought it was dumb, which in hindsight, now I'm like, actually, you should let me do it because it was genius. Yeah. And it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. LWA gets that. Mm-hmm. So like Gary J starts popping up and I'm do, I'm a baby face, a small scrying baby face, you know, underdog. And then eventually you just start evolving and people are like, man, you hit really hard and like chop really hard. That slowly starts progressing and then like 
years pass and then you finally realize like oh like i kind of know what i'm doing now and like i've been around for eight eight years now and now i'm starting to get traveling everywhere in the country and like people are like you hit really hard so like all right like i'm a huge robocop fan robo ginger yeah that's exactly how that twitter handle came up i was watching robocop in the middle of the night yeah and i think i was like i need a, a twitter i think yeah so there's there's the twitter name I nicknamed myself, which is the most egotistical bullshit ever. I was like, Stiff Robo Ginger, that's me. Usually other people give me a nickname, yeah. but like I didn't think it was gonna stick. But the people start like using it. So now like I was like, Oh, I guess that works, which is one in a million, because how many times do you give yourself a nickname that's cool? I know. No, that, it, like everybody Everybody's right, you know? gonna call me Hawk from now on and everyone's like, We're not gonna call you Hawk. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a Hawk. <laughs> no, you're exactly. not yeah, exactly. You're a fucking toad. All right. <laughs> and then, then everyone's exactly. like, hey, guys, you seen Toad over here? And you're like, fuck, I, I shouldn't have even tried to do it. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm hard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, rare occasion, and obviously Stiff Robo Ginger just becomes this thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of traveling, and then obviously I get known for a lot of my, like, insane car crash style I do in the ring. Mm-hmm. I kind of adapt to a lot of that, and then, like, I don't know, like, I'm very lucky, like, very, very grateful to kind of have this insane career I've had, and, like, I still feel like there's a lot left in the tank, brother, as people would say, you know, like, I'm 36 now, and I'm going on year, like, 20 of professional wrestling, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, wow. And, I mean, look at your conditioning and stuff, though, man. Like, when you, your cardio in the ring, like, your your physical fitness, like, you you look like you're ready to go. You know what I mean? Like you're obviously like really taking care of yourself. A lot of shepherd's pie. No. Yeah. Which I appreciate because like <laughs> over, over COVID I put a lot of time into yeah. like my brain being cleared. I was a, a lot of injuries I had before the COVID two years ago started, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I was really beat up. I was wow. beat the shit and I was mentally no, yeah. drained and I was done. I was exhausted. I was like, whew. It kind of gave me a little break. I got to work on like my promos. I got to work on my physical and mental conditioning, which mm-hmm. are so important. Yes. Mental game is just as important as everything else, as everybody you know talks about nowadays. Like, it's okay not to be okay, as I say. You yeah. know, like it's okay to go. I'm not okay. Like, I need to talk to somebody. I go to therapy. Yeah. Therapy is the best fucking thing I've ever done. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, and then obviously I was like, well, I've always been a smaller statured person in, in, in 2003, four and five and six. It's like, oh, you're, you're some little shit on a show. We're going to, we're going to beat you up. Little did they know who they're fucking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, so like, and I still got that at times, but like, as I went on, I'm like, I need to try to gain a little size or at least like tone up. So like, yeah, I'm small, but I look scrappy. I look the part I play with the character, what Gary J is. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what everybody sees now is like, I do a lot of conditioning, core cardio and like I lift weights. Like I, I'm not in the gym 24 hours a day, like kudos to those guys. But I try to eat as much as possible when it comes to like healthy proteins. And like, I love milk, even though it gives me terrible gas, <laughs> <laughs> but like I try to eat better and like do better because I feel now, like I've realized I love helping other people. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm setting an example for these younger kids that are my size, and they see me, and they're like, well, you know, he's not that big, but he's starting to do things and done some things. Like, so I help them to go, it's okay to be small. It's okay to realize that, like, you're going to be told a thousand times, got to get bigger, got to get bigger. I've I've heard that 
a billion fucking times. But the meathead across the ring from me couldn't do shit compared to me. You know what I mean? So fuck that. Like, do you. Do what works for you and be healthy. Yeah. Also, like, your size can be your advantage because guess what? Back when wrestling was only big fucking giants, none of them could wrestle and it was fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like, so having yeah. the the big dude, you know, small guy dynamic, the David versus Goliath thing has worked forever. You know what I mean? So let me let me tell you about the first time my wife saw you wrestle. So uh, ICW, No Holds Barred, Battle of the Tough Guys, yeah? I was watching that tournament. I'm a huge fan of that show. And she was sitting there yeah. just watching it with me. And... I can't remember which round it was. Was it the very first round you were versing Justin Kyle? Yeah, it was the first round. Okay, so friend of the show, Justin Kyle. Shout out, Justin. Um, And you guys come in, and she's familiar with Justin Kyle, likes him because he's an absolute fucking monster, unsurprisingly. (laughs) And then she goes, who's this guy? And I'm like, that's Gary J. She goes, he's very small. I don't know how this is going to go for him. And I'm like, we'll see. And by the end, (laughs) she was like, He's the man. Like, that match, like, was so hard-hitting. If nobody's seen it, go watch this match because these two kill each other inside, like, this cage. Um, and she was all about it. Like, that—that that is what Gary J is to me. You know what I mean? Like, this underdog who hits hard and, like, Justin's like, whoa, he's rocked by, like, the hits and stuff. Like, and that's cool and different, you know? If everybody's just the same, then the, there's nothing to be surprised by. Oh, absolutely. And that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask how you, you guys became fans. And, like, now I know. That's, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, I had seen you for a while. Like, I've become aware of you, and I've seen you on many different things. I don't even remember when the very first time I saw Gary J was. But that was definitely, like, one of the big sort of fan-making moments for us. Like, we were like, yeah. And especially watching her in real time, like, get it and really like it, like, made me me a bigger fan because of it. Like, it was awesome. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then the recent <laughs> match with Akira as well was awesome. really cool. Like we enjoyed that heaps as well in the pit too. Yeah, that's awesome. Like to hear shit. That's awesome. I love hearing fan feedback oh, from great. stuff I've done. Mm-hmm. I forget. I because as you say, hit a lot. Yeah. But like, yeah, I believe the me and the Justin Kyle, it was and it was probably like a six minute fight, but it yeah. was insane. But yeah, you guys are going through doors, you're just rocking him, he's he's rocking you, but you're getting back up and it's just like false finishes and like all, all that shit, and it was just a car, like you said, car crash before, like a car crash of a match in like six minutes, and it was unbelievable. And then, yeah. and then, actually, did you win that one? No, he, I believe he did. Yeah, and then, then you you got a win back on him another time, which I also watched. Like you guys kind of went back and forth a couple of times, and both of them were awesome. I remember the time you pinned him, I could just be like, what? <laughs> you know, that kind of. Yeah, I believe uh, we did the pit and then the Florida one, the chain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you won the chains, didn't you? I think, I, like I said, you think I'd remember these. Yeah, things. yeah, exactly. In but my like heart, said, you won it. There you go. <laughs> so, exactly. You have always have my place in my heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I loved it. Fuck. Good job, Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Bard Al. <laughs> Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to, like, pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data 
it's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels. Now let's get back to the interview. While, while we're reminiscing on uh, your older stuff and training and that, my um, my second ever international guest on the show, I talk about him all the time, was Neil Diamond Cutter, uh, very big supporter of this show and somebody I, I call a friend. And in my first interview with him, he talked about you, how you guys actually ran in like similar circles and ended up being like out of your two sort of circles that started, you guys were like the only two left. And he was kind of like, kind of weird that we're the only two left wrestling after all this time. Uh, yeah, he was uh, a part of uh, like a backyard promotion in St. Peter's, Missouri, and mm -hmm. started training with the LWA. Mm -hmm. Back then, I, I call him Sly still. Like that's that's who he is to me. He's Sly, right? Okay. You know, Neil Dutter Sly, uh -huh. great dude, awesome dude's a sweetheart. Obviously, you know this. Yes. You talk to him like mm -hmm. just salty or cool dude, mm -hmm. you know. And like, I've yeah, I've known him since jump, like pretty much my whole career. It's crazy. Like I said, we've always kind of ran in a little bit different circles, mm -hmm. but then like it all just comes back full circle when I'm like, he's getting in the car and I'm sitting there. I'm like. We're, we're like doing the Spider-Man pointing at each other. Like, huh? <laughs> like how do we end up here? Yeah, what? exactly. It just running, oh, running in two different lanes, kind of in the same direction, almost. Like, yep. And then you finally, you finally meet. You're like, oh shit, it's been you know X amount of years. And then like you catch up, and then you realize he gets super good at death matches, mm -hmm. and he gets super popular in that culture. And then I start kind of slowly weaving my way into these Noel's Bar shows, and then like there we are. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That, that, it's crazy how the world works sometimes, right? Because when you were both oh, just yeah. like essentially kids training, you couldn't even imagine sort of still being going or knowing each other, you know, all these years later. It's insane. Exactly. Yeah. And, and speaking about long runs also, so I didn't uh, know and haven't known the full history of St. Louis anarchy. I've um, seen some matches and stuff like that, but I'm not a, a hugely exposed to the promotion. So that's really cool that um, it is essentially the same federation almost that you started with, right? So LWA became that. So in the history of that company, you were the bar now to become to who you are now, like world champion kind of thing <laughs> of the company. Yeah, it cra it's crazy. It, well, because honestly, uh, the Lethal Wrestling Alliance was three guys that were running it. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom, Jordan, and Adam Raw. Mm -hmm. And obviously, they all eventually, like, won out. And then, if you know who Matt Jackson is, not the young buck, but my best friend slash Pierre Abernathy, part of the submission squad. Okay. Like, they used to run with me. Evan and Pierre were a tag team. They were the submission squad. And then we would run a lot together in Texas when we'd go down to Anarchy Championship Wrestling and, like, 2006, 7, 8, 9. Matt is actually the booker for St. Louis Anarchy. Okay. So he's been in the business in the game just as long as me. He just retired now. Yeah, wow. So he was a part of the early years of the LWA learning mm -hmm. all the booking side of it as he was learning to wrestle. Yes. He eventually took the book from, from them, and then that's when it ended up switching over to the uh, St. Louis Anarchy. Mm -hmm. So, like, then you just kind of, like I said, it just all keeps evolving. Like, 
the same core guys that were like like cool back then and became friends are the guys that run St. Louis Anarchy now. That's awesome. Just real yep. in-house kind of family vibe where it's just continued for all these years. Oh, pr- pretty much. Exactly. And like between me, Evan, Jalisco, and Pierre Abernathy, or I call Matt, mm-hmm. I think we have, we're, we've all been in the business about 20 years. So that's like, wow. 60 years of experience. Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. How's the? Yeah. It must be really cool and sort of rewarding to have a fan base like that as well. Because I imagine, like, I I always hear that like the Gary J Pop at like a St Louis Anarchy is like Road Warrior level. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you've got a huge fan base like in there. Yeah. It, it must be cool because you must see so many familiar faces that have been watching the product for. For years and years and years, you know, like, and you're, you're like, all these people still come, and this is like, yeah, really special. Well, it's crazy, exactly. Like, and I've said it in promos, in ring, and then backstage, like, they've seen me grow up from a kid to a grown ass man, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. completely grow up year yeah. after year in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like their kid walks off to school, like, that's what they see. Like, and it's cool for me because obviously, I, you know, I'm currently the Gateway Hedgers champion. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I get to help other wrestlers evolve. You know, I have a very large part when it comes to like structure people's stuff and like help them realize what they can do. Yeah. Stuff I never had when I first started because in 2003, four, and five, most backstage situations in wrestling were shit. They didn't want to help anybody, they were afraid of their spots. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I want to help people, I want to pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Continue to build it, and that in turn will build you. You know what I mean? It can only make you better and make the product better, and then everybody benefits. If you, well, I mean, there's hundreds of like the the scene is littered with old, washed up wrestlers that never did anything because they never helped anybody and were selfish about what they did. You know, exactly. I like to call those people the biker bobs in the in the uh, in the territory. I, I coined this yet like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, That's the guy that shows up once a month. Yeah, he thinks he's tough. He wears his favorite Megadeth or Undertaker shirt and comes out to some theme that's really dark and tough. And yeah. I call him yeah. the Biker Bob. Yeah, right. And I'm sure you've met millions of Biker Bobs over, over the years. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've seen millions of Biker Bobs. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When uh, you were you were talking about all the terrible experiences and all the stuff that um, makes you, you know, who you are when you're – being a young wrestler and traveling and stuff. Do you have any favorite biker Bob stories? You don't need to mention any direct names, but they might be to put you on the spot. Um, not, not like, not that I haven't told before, but like my thing is, is like when I was getting my reps in and I still travel a lot and get my reps in, but now I'm actually making money and like I can pay bills and, you know, keep the lights on. Yeah. But it's all, it's all a slow process. It's not an overnight situation, Mm -hmm. but like, there's so many biker bobs out there and like i get you go out there and you play wrestler that's fine yeah. i have no problem with a weekend warrior or if you want to go play wrestling but i am a professional wrestler yeah this is what i want to do this is what i've spent probably way too much of my actual time doing yeah like you know this is just something yeah yeah exactly like, yes, I do work another job because, you know, like, you have to be smart about things. You got to use your brain when it's there, <laughs> you know, like, but this is my job. This is my livelihood. This is what I put food on the table with. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to go in there and have fun if you want to wrestle once a month. That's cool. But why do you have to be the asshole 
that treats the younger guys that may want to do this as a career like shit because you've been wrestling for 20 years but have a match every three months. Yeah. You know, like, and like everybody sees this stuff. And like now it should be a time and place. Say something. Go, that ain't cool, man. Shut the fuck up. Like, you're nobody. Yeah. Leave this kid alone because he wants to learn and get better. Fuck off. Yeah. Like, Exactly. Sorry, I'm going on a rant. No, no, I, I get it. It's that, that it. kind of like tall poppy syndrome where people have to like cut people down to feel better about themselves. You know what I mean? Like they, they see a young kid yeah. with some promise there. They've never made it, but they like to feel like they're the more experienced guy and maybe deserve stuff. And so they feel the need to sort of undercut their confidence to make to boost themselves up. And it's not, not fucking cool, man. No, not at all. And like and there's so many ways of going about things. Like nowadays, a lot of people are like, hey, can you watch my match? Cool. No problem with that. Let me know a little couple hours before you go out, just so I know. Yeah. And like when I first, when I was, you know, learning and coming up, you know, in the territory, as I call it, like I, I'd get backstage and like the old guys would be like, well, that sucked. That was shit. And I was like, okay, what was bad about it? Oh, you suck. Blah, blah, blah. And just yeah. walk off. It's Not like, constructive well, criticism, <laughs> just tearing you down just to do it. Yeah. Exactly. You can tell people, hey, that wasn't so good, but that was really good. You could kind of make like a sandwich out of it, like yeah. compliment sandwich. Like that was good. Maybe next time try this. And then, you know, like it's okay to be cool and have a conversation with someone about it. Like me telling you that you suck at something and not giving you an explanation is just, it's stupid. It's like, come on now. We're grownups. Well, yeah. I think we're, grown-ups. it doesn't achieve anything except for tearing somebody down. And if that's what you want to do, then maybe just keep your mouth shut. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Talk to your friends behind somebody's back or whatever or in, in the privacy of your own thing. You don't need to, like, ruin somebody's day, you know, just because exactly. you feel like it. But maybe you could help them in some way. What does that cost you? Yeah, well, I guess it costs a lot to be nice, as yeah, you know. Yeah. Too many people, unfortunately, which is a fucking joke. Ugh. In all industries, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so. Oh, that's anywhere. It's in any, any avenue of life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some people just fucking suck. <laughs> There's biker bobs in every industry. Is what yeah, it is, they, exactly. Be, yeah. be it whatever. Bob everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So somebody who isn't a biker Bob, I don't know if he rides a bike or not, is Aaron Williams, uh, former guest of the show and your you know, other half in Unsigned Don't Care. I've sort of heard yeah. uh, Aaron sort of um, talking about you and how you guys met and stuff. So let me hear that story a little bit from your side because the way he kind of tells it is like he kind of found – his other half in you and was like, I didn't know I could have like a best friend, like, for, like on the other side, you know, hours that lives hours away. He's like, I have an entire wrestling scene here and I'm closer with those guys than I am because we just like click, you know, when you meet those people and you're just friends straight away. So, so how did that meeting kind of go for you? Um, I was doing Indiana like shows a lot, and Aaron was on these shows. The baddest man alive, Aaron Williams. He'd come out with like the Mortal Kombat feel and the nunchucks. Ah! And, like, <laughs> and like, I'd always like, we never really talked a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, but we were, we were doing a lot of these Friday, like once a month, we do uh, PWF mm-hmm. in, in uh, Jeffersonville, Indiana. They still run there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not PWF, but every other show in the world. Uh, we do like once a month we do there and I would see him there. Mm-hmm. And like eventually I think like once one day, like myself, Chip Day, who's amazing and like check his workout if you can. He's, he's, he's so good. Myself and Chip Day, we're talking probably about Shawn Michaels. Cause that's usually what we talked about. And then I think Aaron started talking about Shawn Michaels and I kind of instantly knew I'm like, 
this dude's a fucking dude. Like he's like, he, he knows like yeah. he gets it. And like, it was kind of instantly. And we started working a lot together in the ring mm-hmm. and then realizing, oh, man, we got this like chemistry. And like, it wasn't like a job going out there and working with him. It was like a pleasure. And like mm-hmm. you eventually start talking and then like, we get closer and closer as the years go on. We've only kind of been really close for the last two and a half or three years, mm-hmm. which I guess isn't super long, but in our eyes, it's like forever. Yeah. <laughs> because as you, like you just said, you meet a lot of people that are just there to be nice to you. There should be a shit bag behind your back. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Aaron is not like that. Yeah. Aaron is a straight, honest, straightforward person. Mm-hmm. And he's a really nice guy and deserves anything he gets. He deserves the world. And, like, I'm not saying this because I'm wearing the merch and he's my guy. Great shit. That's who he is, you know? Like, that he is a good dude. Mm-hmm. And he's probably the best wrestler I would feel around right now that's not contracted. I would at least say he's the best wrestler from Ohio, and that says a lot. Yeah. He's an amazing so, talent, man. Amazing. Oh, it, it blows my mind. His wrestling IQ is insane, yeah. as we see. But, like, we just start being on, on the same show a lot, working a lot, talking a lot, and then realize that, like, we're both frustrated with the fact that, like, man, like, everybody in the areas are getting these opportunities and getting to these big shows, as we say, and, like, getting on TV and, like, getting signed. It's like, why not us? Yeah. And I think one day I'm like, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. I was like, fucking, let's just go out there and continue to be the benchmark, continue to be those under ground guys that like you go to a show and you see us and you go that was different and that was really good like i know who gary J is now Mm -hmm. i know who aaron williams is now Mm -hmm. and then i think we ended up wrestling like during the pandemic at like a studio taping or smaller show Mm -hmm. we worked each other took a picture backstage goofing off and then i find like popped my head is like ha we we were bitching about it or talking about it not being signed how about hashtag unsigned and don't care yeah, and I put it in the Twitter universe. I would just scream at the clouds like I always do. Yeah, yeah. So like, and it kind of caught on. And then I was like, "Let's run with it and see yeah. what happens and have fun." Mm-hmm. And like, obviously talking to Aaron, you know, or you know, as you're going to be talking to me and like getting it on me. Like, if I got signed, that would be great. I'm not against it. I'm not against working for a big company or doing different things. I would never be against that. But I am also a very strong believer in like the bell's got to ring and you have to prove your worth in your work. Mm-hmm. So many people nowadays are worried about like, got to get every like in the world. Everybody got has to like me. Please share my, my, my clout, 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 clout. Guess what? Clout's not going to fuck put gas in my car. Not going to put fucking food on my table. Mm-hmm. Now it's okay to have a, a, a clamoring or a bit of clout or buzz, as I say on Twitter, because you want people to, to like you mm-hmm. you want people to like your work it's reassuring it feels really good mm-hmm. but you want your average joe that goes to wrestling shows to be the one that really likes you because they are the ones that constantly go to the shows yes mm-hmm. you know absolutely it's um it's about putting in that work like obviously you'd be cool with being signed we've already talked about about by now 2.0 and let's go yeah, but uh, <laughs> but i when i took uh unsigned and don't care I, I didn't take it like that at all. I I took it to mean like we're out here to work. Like it, it, we're not we're not tailoring everything to try and impress somebody. We're going to be who we are. And we're going to be the hardest workers in the room, and then anything else that comes from that will come from hard work. Um, there's an interview that I'm actually going to release today with a, a 
a friend named uh, the Dread King Logan from Midwest Scum. And he, he said a phrase that I really liked when I spoke to him. He said that he hates the word deserve. He's like, I hate being told I deserve anything because if you say I deserve it, you didn't see how I earned it. You know, and yeah. and when I see that work from you guys and the way you put your bodies on the line, and like I've never seen a match where Gary J or Aaron Williams phones it in. You know what I mean? Like like you said, benchmark, benchmark yeah. shit, opening the show, closing the show, whatever. That's the way it is, and I think more and more people see that every single time you guys are out. You know what I mean? And the the way the scene is now, you kind of you don't necessarily need to be. TV to be a successful wrestler. You know, independent wrestling no, no, is so no. strong and IWTV is so strong that you guys can just make that name off reputation and, you know, and fan uh, respect alone. Oh, absolutely. Like, the proof is in the pudding. If you do the work diligently, sometimes to the point where it's sickening, trust me, I'm that guy. <laughs> like, you know, eventually good things will come. If they don't, then it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've experienced and been on an adventure for fucking 20 years in wrestling. Yeah. And I'm only 36 years old. I got plenty more time to go. Yeah. I can yell at the clouds even longer, you know? like <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Aaron said exactly the same thing. He said for him it's like the journey, not the destination. He's like, I'm just loving the ride and I love like doing all the things and being in towns and doing all that. And that is where his happiness is, you know what I mean? And if you can be present and grateful in that journey, then it's not going to be wasted time. No, yeah. No, I, I had no clue when I first started when I was 16 training. Mm-hmm. Gary the Barnell never thought that, like, he would be sitting on a podcast with, with his own hoodie on, yeah. like, you know, and, like, I have so many, so much free swag from promotions and places I work that they give to me and, like, just the small stuff like that's cool. Like, I was like, man, I, I get free stuff and yeah. like not saying that's the coolest thing ever, but in my eyes, I'm just so grateful for these opportunities and for the places I've been mm-hmm. and the places I'm going because like most people don't leave their couches on the weekends. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm going all over the country and you know, once COVID decides to like fucking stay down for a three count, I would like to finally cross the threshold and get the fuck out of the country and go overseas. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever done any overseas work at all or not yet? No, no. Like got the passport. I'm, I'm, I told I'm, I'm on air and every day, like get your passport taken care of. He's like, all right, I'm his handler. Ask him. Like, (laughs) like get your shit taken care of so we can get rolling, you know, like stuff I want to do, but obviously due to health in COVID, which is I'm all right. We're waiting because it's, it's a fucking mess. Any time of the week, it seems Mm -hmm. it's like, I'll wait for my time. It's okay. Yeah. I'm very patient. Patiently waiting. It um, yeah. and I mean, we briefly spoke off mic before we started, but you know, COVID has been a very trying time for everybody. But there have been blessings that have come from it as well, and certain things, especially in wrestling, that probably wouldn't have happened without it. You know what I mean? So, I try and and I hope that anybody like yourself that like feels that frustration and stuff like that, because you're ready to go and ready to go can maybe go, you know what, this is all happening for a reason. The certain things that would not have happened had this not happened, I just got to wait it out, you know what I mean? And hopefully you're in the best possible position when it does all open up and you can hit the ground running, you know? No, absolutely. I mean, like well, we briefly talked about it a little bit earlier, is like COVID made me really slow down my life. Yes. Really slow down. I got to actually rest and heal my body. Mm-hmm. I got to mentally get right because obviously like 
my brain was fucking scrambled eggs at the time. And like, I got to work on like some, some character stuff. I got to work on promos. I could help evolve who Gary J is going to become. Like there's, it really slowed me down, but it was, it was a blessing. Like yeah. you just said, obviously like after a while you're like, okay, like I'm ready. Let's, let's, let's knock these doors down. Let's get out. Let's go do this. Mm-hmm. You know? And like, unfortunately you can't control other people or situations yeah. like COVID. It's out of your hands. You know, like, so you can't like just keep breaking yeah. yourself down from it and just take advantage of the time. Like you have, you know what I mean? Keep refining yeah. things, keep thinking about things, keep working and it's going to end up for the best, you know? Yeah. That's all you can do. You can, you can handle you. And then that's all you got to worry about. You know, yeah. like that's all I can do. Exactly. Perfect, man. I think those are some like strong words to sort of end the show on. As we wrap it up here, tell people uh, where to find uh, Gary J online and to also where to buy that banging hoodie you're wearing. Uh, I am wearing an unsigned and don't care hoodie, which I love this logo. It's, it's great. It's, uh, it's really cool. It's Aaron's idea because lo- we, we both wear Converse all the time. And yeah. it's, it's almost like our version of a Converse logo. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's the story with the you and the cat? Like the cat skull oh, I thing. Love cats. Oh, uh, I just love cats. <laughs> like I said, I have half my logo, as you see. Uh, I'm a huge cat enthusiast. My cats are my kids. They're, yeah. I, I have I have five total. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Just an entire fleet so, of cats. I, yeah, I love my cats. And uh, so, like, that's kind of where, like, the cat daddy came from or, like, Catterday. I used to do it, like, shows, and then, like, I would yell what day it is on Saturday, and the crowd would yell back, it's Catterday. Just having fun. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, that's awesome. Like Aaron says, I'm just here to have a good time, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. just kind of involving, like, really aspects of my life into, like, the wrestling aspect. Because yeah. if you're not having fun at some time, what's the point? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so entertainment, I you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I love my cats. Like, they're, ugh. I'm just so happy talking about them. <laughs> I can say. Yeah, exactly. I, know, I'm so a dog like, person. She's around somewhere. I have a small Maltese named Twinkle. Hang on. I'll see if I, how she wants to say <laughs> <laughs> so this is Twinkle, <laughs> guest starring on the podcast again. <laughs> she's like, ah. yeah, exactly. She's freaking out, but she like it's the same thing, man. Like she's our kid, you know. So I can understand like <laughs> like that love and wanting to share that, you know, with the world. Oh, absolutely. So that's the cat thing with me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if uh, if people ever want to get a hold of me. Uh, on Twitter, it's at StiffRoboGinger. And then my Instagram is uh, unsigned and don't care. And then my Facebook's just Gary J, J-Y. And then if for some reason you want to actually email me, it's barnowl18 at AOL.com. That's it. AOL. <laughs> it's like the original internet, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, exactly. Barnowl18 at AOL.com. That's for you, Paul Levesque. If you're still in charge. Exactly. Uh, Hashtag Barnow bar 2.0. Exactly. That's the name of this podcast when you put it out, Barnow 2.0. <laughs> it's done. It's done, man. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's been great getting to know you, and I can't wait to see what uh, you get up to next. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, I know, what is it, like 9.30 in the morning over there? Yeah, yeah. A little bit early, but but not crazy. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. It's crazy to me that like other people in different countries know who I am. So that's another thing I'm grateful for. That's just cool. Yeah. Oh, well, that that's awesome. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that I can uh, bring some joy to your day as well, man. So everybody out there for Gary J, 
for unsigned and don't care. For faces and feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify and now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestling promotion manager or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Vinyls and violence a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalized Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something.